The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Success Inside with host Aparna. On today's show, you'll hear the stories from the successful individuals that are making a difference in this world. Living with passion, with their wisdom and ideas, we hope that you are inspired. Now, here's your host, Aparna. Good morning. Um, I am very excited about today's show. We have a wonderful guest calling in all the way from Florida, um, guest host, uh, Kevin Rainier from uh, eMindful. And today uh, we're going to actually focus in on and look at some scientifically proven techniques on how to be successful using mindfulness. And the beauty of this is that this company has actually been around for about um, uh, seven or eight, eight, eight years now. Um, and so, um, or even longer, they've been around since 2007. So it's interesting that in a lot of circles, uh, mindfulness may be new, but research and practices have been in companies for so long. So we are definitely going to learn a lot. Um, so this morning I have with me Kevin Rainier. Uh, good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Aparna. It's nice to be with you. Thanks. I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Um, and as we jump in, Kevin, we'd love to learn just a little bit about you. I know you are the VP of Marketing at eMindful. Uh, we'd love to le learn a little bit about your background. I think you've been with the company for the last five years and uh, have been a practitioner of mindfulness uh, for 25 years. So share a little bit about that and, uh, you know, kind of what inspired you to go down this path. Oh, sure. Well, I, I grew up in uh, West Coast cities, including uh, Berkeley, San Francisco in the Bay Area, Santa Cruz, California, Portland, Oregon. And uh, during the 1970s, as I was growing up, uh, mindfulness and meditation, even that far back, were part of the general cultural dialogue, really. And, um, you know, I just... I had friends who were meditating even as far back as my 20s. And uh, when I wow. got into my 30s, uh, I just became interested in it. And so uh, did take some training myself. And at the same time as, um, uh, you know, I'd gone through graduate school, did an MBA at Berkeley. I've had real interest in really the confluence of um, you know, personal development and organizational development and, and how businesses can harness the talent of their individuals and the innate capacity of people to really, both at a company-wide level and then individual level, uh, reach their full potential. So uh, I became aware of eMindful, as you mentioned, about five years ago through a mutual acquaintance that the company CEO and I have. He introduced the two of us. Uh, she needed some help marketing the company. And then uh, we came together and began uh, a collaboration that continues until today. 
Wow, that's wow. great. You must uh, love it. And actually, the mission of, and I was learning a little bit about your company this morning, and the mission and so forth are, are very exciting. And, uh, you know, I'm intrigued by the fact that you guys have been around for so long because uh, even a lot, you know, just over the last three, four, five years is when it's become kind of trendy to talk about mindfulness. But your company's been around since 2007 and you've been doing a lot of studies around this. So we'd love to dig in a little deeper and find out one about, um, you know, eMindful. Uh, how did it come about? Um, you know, if you want to share some some information there, and then we can t- jump into some of the research that you guys have been doing. Oh, sure. Um, the company was founded by our current CEO, Kelly McCabe, who was a mindfulness practitioner and uh, worked on Wall Street. And she had found considerable personal benefit from her practice. And so... She decided uh, in the middle of the last decade to move to South Florida and begin a mindfulness business. And she looked at a couple alternative business models and found that the, um, the employer market was actually ripe for this kind of um, intervention. Mm. So she began uh, offering online live mindfulness programs, both to individuals and to employers. And she found that the interest at Aetna, one of the country's largest health insurers, was really considerable. And in fact, they became our first uh, really substantial size customer. And their CEO has been a strong proponent of mindfulness practice and yoga and um, uh, uh, practices that were, at the time anyway, uh, a bit more out of the mainstream of corporate America. Um, Mark Bertolini, the CEO at Aetna, has appeared widely in the media uh, and has spoken to the considerable benefits that have um, come to his company. And thousands of employees at Aetna now have been through our programs both in uh, stress management and resiliency and weight balance uh, and metabolic uh, health. And their results have been remarkable. They were actually part of a published study uh, exclusive to Aetna. Uh, Those results were published a few years ago at the uh, Society of Behavioral Medicine and also in the Journal of Occupational Health Psychology. Uh, And then we did some research on our own across our uh, population of customers. But back to your question about how the company started, that's it in a nutshell. It was uh, founded by Kelly McCabe, and it has grown to uh, where we were recognized as one of the Florida companies to watch a few years ago and recognized as well by the National Business Group on Health for our innovation with Aetna. Wow, this is great. Um, I, and the fact that it goes so far back, is it's it's wonderful. So g- given all the, the history, um, I believe that you guys have done some studies with over like 2,000 people from around the world on some really proven um, areas where it's really made a difference for your audience, for, for your customers and yes, employees. Yes. And would you like me to talk in some detail about the results of that research? Yes, that would be great. I'd love for you to share that with our audience. Um, as you may know, the primary uh, vision around this is to uh, the show is to really help people who are 
kind of had, are familiar with mindfulness, but professionals who really want to learn more and see how to then actually actively take part in it in their own lives. Sure. So we'll dig into deeper on that uh, later on. But yeah, I'd love for you to share some information about the study. Yeah, uh, I'm happy to do that. So we have thousands of people literally around the world who have taken our programs. Uh, and I think uh, at last count, we had an estimated uh, 130 plus companies and uh, over one with employees in over 100 countries. Wow. And so we took a very wide cross section of employees and um, we have data from everybody who takes our programs. So we administer instruments before they take the classes and then after they take the classes. And I'll talk for a moment about these instruments because that's actually quite important. We use independent instruments, so it's not something that's cooked up internally to try to make our results look good. Uh, we use uh, scientifically validated tools that are widely used in research. The first of those is the perceived stress scale developed at Carnegie Mellon. I'll talk a bit about that and the results we found there. We also use uh, an instrument called the Work Limitations Questionnaire developed at Tufts Medical, and it looks at productivity in the workplace. And then the third uh, primary instrument we use, and there are others, but the third that we'll talk about is the Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index developed at the University of Pittsburgh. And at a very high level, when you look at all of the data pulled together, the top line results are this. Across um, the population of people who have taken our stress and resiliency program, their stress levels have been reduced by 29%. Uh, the work limitations uh, research that's part of what we do found that unproductive time at work, which had averaged almost two hours a week, was decreased by 47 minutes. And so people have, through mindfulness practice, become more focused, more attentive, able to get started more quickly and engaged, have recovered on average 47 minutes per week in productive time. And then in our weight balance and metabolic health programs, we found a reversal of 55% in metabolic syndrome. And from an employer standpoint, uh, metabolic syndrome, as you and your listeners probably know, can be very expensive. One research study found that uh, it, uh, people with metabolic syndrome, on average, account for medical claims of uh, about $3,000 a year uh, above and beyond those without metabolic syndrome. So wow. those, are the, those are the high level findings. And if you'd like, and if you think you're interested, your readers, or sorry, your listeners would be interested, we can go into some more detail on any one of those dimensions. Yeah, one thing I wanted to dig deeper into was that I, I know that you uh, had some findings around specific uh, disease management and so forth. So uh, I'd be, one thing we can dig in deeper is on like things like diabetes, um, cancer, and so forth, all these chronic um, and chronic diseases, there were, were there statistics on how it's the mindfulness um, practices have impacted certain um, chronic disease in terms of numbers and so forth? Uh, there are, there are, actually this is a number that your, uh, your, your audience and you might find real interesting. 
Um, the number of research articles appearing in scientific journals last year alone, just on the topic of mindfulness, mm-hmm. was 535 peer-reviewed scientific journal articles. And these are publications that appear in you know, the literature for clinical psychology, internal medicine, behavioral medicine, and so forth. Um, wow. That number, by the way, has doubled in the last uh, five or six years, and it doubled uh, over the period of five or six years before that. And the findings from this literature uh, have been widespread in terms of the benefits of mindfulness to a host of conditions. I'll talk about just a handful. And uh, again, when they're 3,000 articles published in the last two decades and and 1,000 of those in the last uh, five or six years. Um, It it speaks to these benefits. But um, there's an increase in immune function, an improvement in emotional regulation and well-being, overall physiological relaxation, focus, interpersonal communication, psychological distress, and a reduction in impulsive, self-destructive behaviors, uh, as well a reduction in chronic pain. Um, So those are just a few of the areas that have received uh, this clinical and scientific research attention. It's interesting, yeah. And, um, you know, I I guess we're going to go into break now, but uh, when we come back, we'll we'll dig in deeper into some um, some of these findings. That sounds great. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you are a beginning or aspiring entrepreneur, have you thought about a coach or mentor? For instance, think about sports figures who have successfully become entrepreneurs and leaders in business. They started out with a coach in their respective sport, and many work with a coach today to help them continue to achieve their goals. Listen for ESCN with host Michael Dawson and co-host Angelia Hobson and Diane Daniels. Tune in Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, and 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business and rebroadcasts on Voice America Sports. Does your business, like many, face obstacles to becoming successful? Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for The Second Stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, leaders are working to transform themselves and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lin, for insights on emerging trends and business innovations to help you stay ahead of the game. You'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention live every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Success Inside. 
To reach Aparna or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Aparna at bcorporateyogi.com. Now, back to Success Inside. Well, Kevin, um, welcome back. Um, would love to, you know, I'd love to uh, talk a little bit about the areas where there are huge success, especially for everyday folks, where we can really, um, you know, benefit from learning about some of these things as we start. What, like, for example, pain management or uh, mindful eating or those kinds of things. Are there any numbers that you can share with us on um, some of the, 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 the things that you found in your study? Oh, sure. Um, let me touch first then on pain management. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the stress and resiliency program that we offer is not a chronic pain program. We do offer a mindfulness-based chronic pain program, but the stress and resiliency program, interestingly, even though pain is not an area of focus, it resulted in a 17% reduction in uh, an aggregate pain instrument. Uh, so people who took the mindfulness-based uh, stress and resiliency program experienced a very significant reduction in physical pain. Uh, so that's one area to point to. Yeah, and that's actually not surprising at all. Um, you know, based on all the the studies in the in the yogic tradition, um, when you start getting deeper into your into yourself and into your body, you can actually not only um, manage pain, but you can actually kind of isolate the the causes of pain and really kind of in some ways. Um, hone in on the triggers. So as, as you may know from all this research, that a lot of pain, especially chronic pain, is a result of emotional stress uh, and things that we have emotional triggers in our life. Yes, and so exactly. that's where, um, you know, mindfulness can be a exceptionally helpful. I mean, I, I worked with people and I personally have experienced a lot of back pain, for example. And Back pain is the number one sign of some sort of other stress is, that is causing something like this. So the fact that it's an offshoot of uh, some of the mindfulness benefits is not at all a surprise. And that's one of the, one of the main things that, um, you know, that it can really actually actively be used for. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, some of the other things that we were talking about earlier were... Um, you know, the areas of um, uh, uh, stress, well, stress management is definitely a, a huge one. But one of the other areas that I actually am really uh, passionate about is this whole mindfulness eating concept because uh, people, you know, it's not directly associated like uh, the eating disorders that can be impacted by mindfulness practices, but it's very much a very large part. It can be a very large part of the healing process. Yes, yes, certainly. And, you know, the, um, the results that we have from our uh, mindful eating program is uh, we talked a little bit about over the break. Um, again, the reversal in metabolic syndrome of 55%, even a little higher than 50% wow. 
is remarkable. And what we found is that uh, you know there are these five specific measures that go into uh, what's considered metabolic syndrome, and it's things like your triglycerides levels, glucose, uh, blood pressure, HDL cholesterol, and so forth. Uh, every one of the uh, five measures showed a substantial reduction among people who uh, had taken our program. And as well, not just those um, objective measures, but uh, their self-reporting on physical activity, for example. There was an increase of 29 or 25% rather in the amount of time per week they spent doing aerobic exercise, uh, 41% increase in the amount of time spent uh, doing some kind of strength training, 39% increase uh, in the amount of time they spent stretching. So, um, you know, it just sort of helps transition people into a healthier lifestyle in general. Where oh, ab- just, just yeah, and fast. absolutely. I think, um, and that's one of the, the biggest um, things is that all of a sudden, and I find this in my personal, uh, my, as a result of my per- personal practice, is that all of a sudden, all the other areas, you start getting a lot of clarity around what you need to do next. So um, the fact that people start exercising more or are true to themselves, because physical exercise is just as important as, you know, any other element of our lives. And we always say in in the yogic tradition, we always say, you know, mindfulness or meditation is just as important as like brushing your teeth. Um, same thing with physical activity or being outdoors, just taking in fresh air is just as important as, um, you know, brushing your teeth or taking a shower. I mean, these are things that are essential to um, the human being and well-being, yes. but definitely just as a daily practice. So um, I'm a big believer in um, the fact that this this type of practice should be uh, cultivated at a very young age in people, in, whether it's in schools or in, at home or both. Um, and, you know, and, and that's kind of a way to keep it ingrained in, in our culture. So we see less of um, these chronic diseases, which are, when you look at some of the studies, there are so much on the rise, um, you know, diabetes, um, eating disorders, and so forth are the trend towards these things and the medication and the whole industry around prevention is, is huge. Yes, yes, it is. The, uh, just as you mentioned, I mean, all those areas, heart disease, obesity, mm-hmm. cancer, smoking, uh, they are on the rise and unfortunately, every decade, our population is getting more obese, less healthy. Um, you'd think with all of the advances in science and medicine and everything else, we'd be getting wiser and healthier. <laughs> and this is one of the practices, by the way. This is one of those things, just as you mentioned, like yoga and others. This is one of those core elements of something that people can do for themselves so simply that gives them a level of self-awareness to stop and just sense, you know, why is it now that I'm ready to start eating again? I just finished dinner two hours ago. Why am I reaching for the half gallon of ice cream, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, personally, I mean, I personally have been a long-term addict of emotional eating. I mean, you know, if you're bored or in the afternoon you need a pick-me-up, you know, it's time to make that Starbucks run. So, um, 
it's just, and food is all around us. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if you know this about my background, but I've spent a lot of time in an ashram and um, there the eating and the food is done at certain times. So you eat, you know, um, in the morning at around 10 and then you have a snack and then you have dinner. So there is no eating in between taking place. Mm -hmm. So whether you're stressed out, upset, depressed, whatever it may be, you're not turning to food as your comfort. Yes. Um, so that's something that I notice is, is, is very challenging when you're in a, you know, everyday environment, whether it's at work or you're out and about with friends, there is so much food readily available and so much, almost, I want to say junk food readily available. Uh, even if you're not eating at McDonald's, you still have access to a lot of stuff that has sugars and, and things that are not in the long run, the healthiest options. Oh, exactly. You go to Starbucks and you get, for example, a yogurt with granola and fruit at Starbucks and you think that might be healthy. <laughs> Look at how many grams of sugar and carbohydrate are in that yogurt with granola and fruit. And it's just like, you know, it's a blood sugar. Yeah. Blast. And, you know, one thing I, in, in being in America, I, I've traveled all over the world for my work. But being in America, I noticed that our portion sizes are huge. So, you know, when you go to other countries, they, they, it, you're not served these 12 ounces or eight ounces cups. They're like four ounces. So even if you have a little bit, I guess, you know, you kind of get your, your day's worth. But here, everything is like kind of supersized. And exactly. you don't realize it until you step away because <laughs> the, you know, when you come back to it, you're like, wow, do I really need like a, 12 ounce latte in the morning to get going is just really helping my body. Right. Right. So. And that's in, in our, in our, uh, weight balance, uh, classes. That's one of the things that we teach is, you know, tuning in again, coming back to this self-awareness, tuning in to your innate hunger signals versus the emotional hunger and really trying to get a feel for what does your body need right now in the way of fuel? Where are you on a scale of, you know, hunger and when people learn some basic tools that we teach, it gives them so much power through that insight into what they're going to consume, why they're going to consume it, um, that it is, you know, it is not dieting. We do not teach mm -hmm. dieting. It is an awareness of the relationship you have with hunger, fullness, and food and eating. Yeah, and it's interesting you bring up the word diet because as I um, teach yoga and meditation, one thing I mention to people is that having a meditation practice can really help you when you are trying to lose weight or um, diet or, or, you know, just kind of manage your weight because, and people think, well, how is that even related? And, uh, you know, it's very much uh, being able to kind of control or be aware of your thoughts is a large part of um, kind of stopping some of that emotionally triggered eating or behaviors, other behaviors yes. like smoking or, or things that may not be necessarily beneficial to our body. So, you know, it's, it's nice to have some scientific data that backs up um, all of these things that we've you know, we've kind of learned over the year, years just by being practitioners of some of this. And, um, you know, a lot, lot has been documented around physical activity. But um, it, now I'm happy to see that we have some documentation around meditation. It's not just 
kind of this woo-woo thing that people do in California. There are actually benefits to this all around as an individual and a human being. So, Kevin, this is such valuable information. Um, and when we come back, we'll share some testimonials and, and go dig, dig deeper into some of the personal practices that we can employ. Yes, that sounds great. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. What makes great leaders? Results? A lasting legacy? Is it making a difference in your life or maybe the lives of others? I lead. The Leadership Connection with host Dr. Linda Sharkey will bring you the practical tips and tools to make you an extraordinary leader and by doing so, build a better, more successful and more profitable organization. Our show is all about you, the leader that you can be and the culture that you can create. Tune in to I Lead, The Leadership Connection, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, our world is faced with complex challenges that present massive potential risks. Conflict, misunderstanding, misalignment of organizations and their leadership, lost productivity, wasted time, and wasted resources resulting from limiting perspectives, distraction, and hardline positions are damaging our today and our future. The monetary cost of such failures is in the billions. Stop wasting time. Make a shift. Engage with host David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, Thursdays at 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're tuned in to Success Inside. To reach Aparna or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Aparna at bcorporateyogi.com. Now, back to Success Inside. So as we start, uh, we have here this... um this morning with us, Kevin Rainier from um, eMindful. And as we continue our discussion, one thing I wanted to mention to the audience is we'd love to have your questions or calls. So feel free to to send them to our way, and we can we can see um, we can start addressing some of those. But in the in the second half here, we're going to jump into something we talked started to talk about is you know um, mindfulness has in the past been affiliated with, you know, just something people, the, the yogi, it's kind of 
woo-woo, as I, I always hear people say sometimes, um, and it's very a California, especially on the, in the business community, sometimes a California-centric thing that people do, and it's yogi and so forth. But, you know, um, Kevin, based on some of your findings and the people you've, you've interacted with, there are a lot of executives, uh, athletes, and uh, folks that we don't think about have a very deep uh, mindfulness practice. Um, one I just want to share is I was at uh, the Salesforce conference, and Mark Benihoff, who's the CEO, has been a uh, mindfulness practitioner for, I think, about 12 or 15 years uh, or even longer. And he's actually just started to come out with this, so come, become open about sharing that over the last few years. And, and it's created a lot of buzz around that, in the, at least in the, in the tech industry and acceptance of it. So when we get these kind of executives who share their personal practice, and that's kind of the vision behind this show. So, um, Kevin, you know, share with us some of the people that you've come across and how it's it's really made an impact. Oh, sure. Well, it's uh, you know, in 2015, it's actually quite easy to find the executives, the professional sports franchises, the athletes, and so forth, who are practicing mindfulness because again, it gives them you know a clarity and a degree of focus that. Um, while it's not part of mindfulness practice as an objective to turn you into a high performer, right? I mean, it's not that kind mm-hmm. of striving uh, that's inherent to mindfulness as a, as a practice. Um, but it turns out that it has that kind of benefit from people who do practice it. Um, just to give you a couple examples of companies, um, you mentioned the California and West Coast culture. Well, of course, there are the examples there, right? Of you yes. know, Google... Apple and those kinds of companies, but even when you go into the you know the heartland of industrial America and manufacturing, you see companies like Boeing um, internalizing mindfulness within their companies and institutionalizing it. Uh, another great example is uh, Bill Ford, the executive chairman right. of Ford Motor Company. Um, he's a big performance. Uh, I'm sorry, proponent of meditation in the business world. Uh, and he's uh, spoken at uh, Wisdom 2.0 conference, uh, yes, done a lot of interviews yeah. in that field. So companies from, you know, leading companies from, uh, you know, the newest wave of industries uh, that you see in Silicon Valley to, you know, century-old companies in the heartland of wherever uh, in America, you know, there's the, there's the recognition of the value of this. And I, I just want to mention, I got back from two conferences uh, just this past week. Uh, one was the Benefits Forum and Expo uh, in Orlando, Florida. The other was the Healthcare Benefits Congress, also in Florida. And these are conferences that attract large employers and benefits brokers and consulting houses. And some of the most popular sessions at these conferences were the sessions on mindfulness. Yeah, and I'm not surprised, actually. Um, in fact, I'm going to Health 2.0 next week and. And, you know, there, I'm amazed at how many startups have come about um, that can, that offer tools of mindfulness on your phone, on your mobile phone. So, you know, whether it's being able to take a, and do a little snippet, 60 seconds of listening to some music that puts you in kind of a mindful trance, 
or, um, you know, things that are more elaborate where you can actually jump in and do yoga uh, by on your mobile device. But there are so many apps. And so for the one thing I wanted to mention is, uh, Kevin, based on some of the companies that you're talking about, I mean, Ford definitely is a big one. And, he, uh, you know, their CEO is has, has received coaching from a lot of the Zen masters here. But um, the uh, the other thing is there are folks that are, and this is what I love to teach, are even startup CEOs who uh, being an entrepreneur is, is kind of a very stressful and sometimes feels like a lonely path. But having a practice of mindfulness really allows people to CEOs to attract, not only feel calm within themselves and reduce stress, but it also allows you to kind of be inspiring and attract that right kind of energy and people to your group. So that's where, you know, I work with a lot of executives who are interested in doing that and going deeper. And I've worked with people who've been able to create their their pitch, the company pitch by sitting there and doing a meditation and a guided meditation to kind of go through that process and come up with the deeper meaning behind why they're building some of these companies. But uh, one thing we would love to explore more with you, Kevin, is um, the sports side, the athletes. Um, you know, it's it's been documented, but we'd love to hear some specific examples. Oh, sure. Well, uh, I think maybe the, uh, the most widely known example is... Uh, you know, Pete Carroll, uh, coach of the Seattle Seahawks, um, you know, bringing that into the Seahawks organization and the success that they've had in professional football over the last several years. I think that may be the most um, uh, widely known example, but there are certainly others. Uh, New York Yankee shortstop uh, Derek Jeter, uh, professional volleyball player uh, Misty May Trainer. Uh, Miami Dolphins, uh, former running back, Ricky Williams. Those are a few of the names. Mm -hmm. uh, you, can, you can Google uh, professional athletes and mindfulness or something like that, and you literally come up with a list of dozens. It's yeah. something that uh, you know, they've really found to be helpful in um, just getting centered, getting present, improving. Yeah, and you know, one thing, yeah, and just to that, actually, I was wondering for our listeners, um, you know, people always, when I mention the athlete, athlete example, people always say to me, well, you know, one that's somewhat being physically attuned and aware is part of their, um, part of their profession. But, um, you know, what is it that, um, uh, how does a busy executive, like how, for example, you do so much travel right now, how do you manage to stay true to your, um, you know, meditation practice or yoga practice when you're traveling so much um, and, you know, when your job is really a, a desk job, let's say, or an office position rather than being out on the field. So uh, would you like to share a little bit about that? Oh, sure. I think there are, um, you know, I'll mention two or three things that I, I think anybody can use quite easily. So the first is when you're on an airplane, Mm -hmm. uh, before you get to the level, the altitude at which you can flip on your laptop and get back to work and connect with the airplane's Wi-Fi, you've got this period of time uh, prior to that. And that is one of the times that I just sit in my seat and I'll meditate, right? I mean, you can close your eyes. You can just take in the announcements and everything else and don't get judgmental about them and find them annoying, but just sort of observe them and 
uh, let them pass and watch your feelings about them. And that's a perfect, you know, 10 or 15 minutes right there that you can take. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I always say to people, it's, um, it's one of the, there's nothing required but yourself. So it's, it's cheap there. You don't even have to go get a gym membership. Right. Um, you know, you don't have to sign up for anything. You're right there. Wherever you are is where you need to connect with it. So, uh, yeah. yeah, airplanes are, are a good example. Yeah. I mean, you do not need to have a room and a cushion or incense or anything like that. It's, I mean, mindfulness practice is really about helping you literally practice so that when you're in the real world, you are more mindful. So the real world is a great place to practice. So just as another example, uh, if you go to the bank and stand in line waiting for some help or you're in line at the grocery store, if I used to like a lot of people sort of get aggravated at the long wait and I'd have all this noise going on in my mind about, oh, I shouldn't have to wait this long and all sorts of nonsense like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally use those now as opportunities to take a mindfulness break. And I say, this is my five-minute mindfulness break. There are three people in front of me. And just calm myself, follow my breath, get present. It's now not an annoying distraction or like getting at a long intersection where you've just missed the green light. (laughs) It's like, okay, here is my three-minute midday mindfulness meditation opportunity. And anytime you hit what used to be a distraction or an annoyance or a delay, You can simply look at that as your moment to stop and practice mindfulness for the two minutes, three minutes, five minutes right there. Yeah. And, you know, the other good example is is sitting in the car. So although your eyes are open and so I, I don't recommend closing your eyes to go into meditation, but when you're sitting in the car, what you're listening to has a large impact on your brain and your thoughts and your mind. So, um, you know, you can sometimes simply put on some calming music and just kind of stay in the present moment as you're driving. And it can be a highly meditative and calming experience. Um, So, I mean, I'm always intrigued to see how much stuff goes on with people when they're in their cars. I mean, from doing your makeup to this constant need to be on the cell phone um, and be plugged in. But, you know, it's, it's really stepping away from that phone and just centering yourself. Just as you said, you don't really have to go get incense or cushions uh, and, you know, to feel comfortable about this. I mean, just simply tuning into yourself in the car uh, for a few minutes for whatever the length of your drive is can not only be uh, calming, but it can also alleviate any stress that you may have with your commute and so forth, uh, especially for people who have, you know, lots of kids and so forth. Um, this is your time to yourself. So take advantage to just dial into yourself and be in the present moment. Yes, exactly. And, you know, you have a business audience here for your show. And I would say to any of those listeners who are in any kind of business position to just, if you can take these practices and just pull them into your daily life. It's not like those things we've just talked about. Take any more time. You're going to be at that stoplight for two minutes anyway. You're going to be in line at the grocery store (laughs) anyway. It's not like it's eating into your productive time to do this, which is really nice. Yeah, and you know, and and as we say in the yogic tradition, uh, everyday life is... uh, 
yoga. It's not just when you're, you know, sitting in a class for 60 minutes, but yoga is as life happens. It's how you approach your life. So, and then situations and traffic is a great way to practice. You're looking for that parking spot and just finding that Zen moment and dialing into that as opposed to kind of, you know, cursing at someone or doing all kinds of crazy things. So, um, we're gonna with that we're gonna go into break here and when we come back we'll we'll dig in a little deeper on how we can really employ this in our personal lives. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Success Inside. To reach Aparna or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Aparna at bcorporateyogi.com. Now, back to Success Inside. Welcome back, Kevin. Thank you. So I thought what we do now is, you know, as we started to talk about um, some of the personal testimonials you guys have seen, I mean, you must have over the years seen thousands of these things, but just to share some of the the more, um, you know, more relevant or, or interesting ones would be great with our audience. Oh, sure. I'm happy to do that. So, um, you know, we, as you and I have discussed uh, uh, offline, we provide our courses to employers and large insurers and so forth, and they turn around and offer them to their employees. And classes typically last about, they last for just under an hour, and they run usually in the range of 10 weeks or so, some longer. But uh, the employees who take our programs almost universally send us 
feedback at the end of the programs. And I thought I would read just a couple testimonials from some of the uh, program participants. So here's one. Sure. This class has been life-changing for me. I know I am a better mother. I know I'm a better wife. I know that I'm a better daughter because of this class. And my goals are to continue using the teachings that I have learned, even without the continued support of everyone else in the class. I can take those teachings and never, ever take anything for granted anymore. Isn't that nice? It is. It's wonderful that uh, uh, people can really use it when they go back. Because, you know, oftentimes when you go to these classes or have train, corporate training sessions, we learn something and then, you know, my week or two later, it's kind of gone. Right. So being able to take something that we can actually carry forth in our lives and and use it every day uh, and have a lasting impact is, is a pretty powerful uh, testimonial. So yeah. um, is there one that uh, talks specifically about some sort of disease or, you know, disease management or something like that? Oh, sure. Uh, we have many, and I just pulled a, f a few here this morning before our sh uh, conversation on your show. But I'll read one from uh, someone who uh, was struggling with obesity. Okay. So here it goes. I have lost just about 40 pounds since the beginning of July. With the guidance and direction I took, I began to do meditation twice a day, monitor my calories in and out, and what kind of calories I was taking in, and I slowly but surely started to move my body. I am now walking three miles per day and feel better than I have in a long time. I no longer look to food for comfort, but as fuel for my body. I still have a long way to go, but I am confident I have the tools I need to not only make it to my goal, but to stay there. To the team at eMindful, you are amazing, and I appreciate the programs you have created. Wow, I love that one, actually. 40 yeah. pounds. I mean, see, this is the thing. Uh, you know, I always say, people say, meditation, how can that help me lose weight? Well, um, you know, it might not seem like a direct correlation, but it very much is a part of how we live our lives, how true we are to ourselves. Yeah. And uh, how, how much attention and how involved we are in the little nuances that our body is experiencing or our mind is experiencing in those thoughts. So it's, it's a very critical component. I noticed that in my personal practice, um, you know, whenever I'm trying to or whenever I'm running around and notice I don't do as much meditation is when I also turn to food and other things that... Um, I feel like are going to be more satisfying, uh, and it just doesn't work. So, um, you know that that's a very interesting example. Yeah, you know, a, we have a um, a wonderful written testimonial and case study of uh, of a young man who uh, acknowledged in the case study that he was the fat kid in high school, and he talked about that, and he went through our. Uh, Mindfulness at Work program, was an employee at uh, one of our uh, major customers, and he's now running half marathons and marathons. Uh, lost wow. tons of weight. He's, uh, he looks fantastic. And you would look at this guy and say, wait a minute, this couldn't possibly have been the obese kid in high school, but uh, he indeed was. Yeah, and it's in general, it's nice to see that there are so many programs uh, out there that are addressing... Um, yoga and meditation for, for younger, for children or kids, you know, uh, because nowadays with the internet and people feeling somewhat um, kind of um, 
disengaged because there's so much information and kids today. I think the fact that you can turn to something like this um, makes a big difference. Right. It is so gratifying to see it getting into the schools now. Yes, absolutely. In elementary school are being taught these skills and the self-awareness that comes with it. It's just so gratifying to see. It, it is wonderful. So do you want to share one more example and then we'll jump into oh, sure. some summaries? Yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. Uh, let me just grab this one. I was in your class today. Right after the class, I had to create a fairly complex document on a tight deadline. I had never dealt with this particular type of document before, so I'd been feeling anxious and heavy-hearted about it. However, after doing those few exercises you taught in the class, I was able to quickly decide on the structure of the document, design it, write 1,000 words in five pages, and hum while I was doing it. (laughs) This is amazing. (laughs) And that's what I find with a lot of the CEOs that uh, when we do our training is that they're able to really come up with their company vision and, um, you know, just come up with everything that that was kind of holding them back. And I, I love to see that, that personal aha moment of, ah, oh, you know, this is why I'm doing this and this is how it impacts, makes a difference in the world. Yes. So, and with that, you know, as we close today's session is um, the the purpose behind this is to kind of enrich ourselves so that we can show up in this world and make a larger difference and contribution because at the end of the day, that's kind of what we all um, are striving for. So to that, uh, Kevin, um, I want to thank you for all your great work and research and studies and offerings. And I believe you have one uh, more offering for our audience where they can sign up for, for free to try some of this. So uh, would you like to share something about that? Yes, thank you. So I wanted to uh, extend appreciation for those listeners who um, tuned into your show. Um, we are offering them a free month of what we call eMindful Life, which is an offering of daily live sessions conducted online uh, with a uh, highly trained instructor in our online classroom, which is a webinar-style classroom. Uh, The sessions run from 10 to 30 minutes. Uh, There is no hassle in signing up, no credit card, no anything like that. Just go to our website, which is emindful.com, and near the top of the navigation, you'll see a uh, navigation uh, menu item called Life. If you click there, there's a very quick registration. It takes maybe 15 seconds, and you'll be able to access uh, all kinds of features and the live online meditation sessions throughout the day. And have it as our compliments for 30 days. If you like it, you can choose to continue, but uh, there's certainly no obligation, and again, no credit card taken or anything like that. This is great. Thank you so much, uh, Kevin. Really appreciate you taking the time, especially on a Saturday morning, uh, but especially to be able to offer something to the audience um, that they can kind of start and embrace some of this. And as always, if you have any questions or if you'd like to reach out and share some ideas uh, for the show, feel free to reach, reach me at aparna at uh, bcorporateyogi.com. 
Um, you know, Kevin, I appreciate you especially uh, sharing your personal background. And I know for me, um, this is huge and it's had a very big impact on my life, being able to kind of follow the yogic path. Um, so as we go forward, love to sharing more and bringing on more guests. If you have any suggestions, please feel free to, uh, to reach out. Thanks again and enjoy your uh, Saturday. Thanks so much, Parna. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for listening. Be sure to catch another edition of Success Inside with your host, Aparna, next Saturday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until the next show, have a great weekend and a successful week to come.